You're gonna need a bigger boat. I love you. I know. Here's Johnny! Where we're going, we don't need roads. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. To infinity and beyond! He turns to me and he says, Why so serious? Hey, hi, hello, how are you? And welcome back to a very special episode of Watch It Again. As always, I'm your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Kat. I'm Nick. And I'm James. And this week is our big number 50. So, as a special treat, all four of us will be doing a mini report. And, um, yeah, so let's get into it. This one might be a bit of a long one, hopefully not too bad for you, but, uh, yeah... Let's go. So um, I'm going to kick it off. So the movie I picked is City Lights from 1931, directed by Charlie Chaplin. So its initial release was on the 30th of January in 1931 in the USA. And Chaplin did then followed that with a 16-day world tour in which it had multiple premieres in London and other cities across Europe, and it finally premiered in Australia on the 15th of October in 1931. Uh, It had a budget of 1.5 million US dollars, and it grossed 2 million in the USA and a total of 4.25 million worldwide. Um. Chaplin was initially worried about the release of this film because it was a time where silent movies were starting to um, become phased out and less popular. But nonetheless, he persevered and it has now been regarded as Chaplin's best film by pretty much everyone. Um, In 1991, it was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation due to it being culturally and historically significant, and um, it has ranked number 11 on the greatest ever, or the best ever American films in the um, American Film Institute list. Damn. Um, in 1949, in Life magazine, journalist, novelist, poet, and screenwriter James Adji called the film's final scene the greatest single piece of acting ever committed to celluloid. So. Um, Will you describe to us that final scene? Well, I'll, I'll give you the slightest little plot overview. So the final scene, then it makes sense. Yeah. Um, So, a uh, tramp, played by Charlie Chaplin, falls in love with a beautiful blind girl. Her family is in financial trouble. The tramp's on-and-off friendship with a wealthy man allows him to be the girl's benefactor and suitor. So Chaplin's character is pretty much just a homeless tramp. He is trying to cross the street and instead of going around the car in front of all the traffic because there's a police officer there, he gets in the back of a car and out the other side of the car on the curbside. And the blind girl thinks he's this rich man because she hears him get out of the car, like out of the back seat, and then she, he gets he buys the flowers off her and there's, you know, a bit of back and forth. And then he becomes friends with this drunk millionaire after he stops him from committing suicide. 
and this weird back like weird relationship with them goes on and on they keep getting drunk together and doing stuff and then eventually he gets some money and saves the day and she gets her sight back yeah so how well it does never actually explicitly said but he gets her lots of money and then suddenly she can see again so i don't know (laughs) yeah so the final scene um, Chaplin and character ends up going to prison because he's framed for um, robbing the millionaire, and so he goes to jail. Well, I mean, and he then kind of did, I guess. When he comes out, he's on a street corner, and these two like kids kind of pick on him. And there's the girl that was blind is now has her own flower shop instead of a little stall on the side of the road, and um. She sees the tramp through the window, not knowing that it's the man that, you know, did all these things for her. And they're kind of, her and her friend in the shop are laughing. And then he walks in and she gives him a flower, just like, you know, as a kind of thing, like, because the poor man's just been bullied on the street. And then she touches his hand and she realizes who he is. Ooh. And then, you know, the little title card comes up with the word you and a question mark because obviously it's a silent film, so there's no actual talking. Yeah. And then, you know, he like he nods and there's this whole back and forth between the two of them. And it's all visual of them her realising who he is and then her smiling and him kind of being all like timid and backed off and like, Oh my god and yeah. And that's the that's the famous scene, is it? Yeah, it's like it, it is a really like well-acted, powerful scene because there is obviously no talking in it, but you can completely understand what's being said. Because one thing in this film that I think was the greatest challenge in watching it is that it's essentially a lip-reading contest of how well you can lip-read. Because obviously there's no talking and the little speech cards only come up, like, I don't know, once every, like, 15, 20 minutes. Like, there's not that many of them. Yeah. And it's only, like, the really important things that kind of get one of them, but then everyone is having conversations yeah. So you kind of kind of guess what's being said, which then kind of puts into I think a reason why this movie is on the list is because you can follow the story so easily. And listen, Chaplin does so well in his physical acting that you know exactly what's going on, while um, not hearing any words. Have you um had you watched any silent films before this, Jacob? Yes. Like many? Not many, but this is easily the best that I have seen. I was going to say this, um, uh, spoiler alert, that um, I have the other silent film here and it was my first time. And it is, like, as you said, it is a challenge trying to work out, like, the context of the conversations when they don't use too many title cards. Yeah. But I think that's, like, something our films have in common is, like, that physical acting is really what propels them up. And yeah, it's really important. And it's just a different kind of, like, cinema experience, I guess. Because, yeah. I mean, these movies are, what, from almost 100 years ago now? Just about. Yeah, 90 years, well, 89 years ago. Yeah, and I think we just have to, particularly when we watch, like, silent movies just reevaluate well not reevaluate but like just acknowledge the time that we come from because this yeah. was like the pinnacle of the cinematic experience at that time and it it shows like with the acting like you said and the technology that they had to be able to produce something 
essentially groundbreaking like this. Yeah. There's a very weird moment early on in this film in which um, there's kind of like this big like parade thing at like the town square and like I assume he's the mayor is making a speech. But it's the only time in the film, but like there's this weird, like you know guys like in um, Charlie Brown, like how the adults talk. Mm. It's just like the... Yeah. It's that. So two people get up on stage and speak and it's just noises like that. <laughs> and it was this really weird contrast because before that you get the like little speech title cards and then after that for the rest of the movie you get little speech title cards. But for some reason when those two people talk up on sp- stage you get that. You get the little sound. And effect. I was like, what is happening right now? Like where has this come from? And then it never happens again. That is odd. So is the movie was- completely silent other than that and the score? Yeah. Interesting. And it was like just kind of out of nowhere. There was just that one scene where that happens and then it's just music and sound effects. And I was like, why did that happen? And why did it only happen in that like 30 second scene? That's so strange. Mm. It was really, really odd. So I've got a little bit of uh, trivia about this film. Excellent. Sure. So um, Winston Churchill visited the set. And Charlie Chaplin took a break to make a short film with him. So he just completely halted production because Churchill rocked up and then they went and made something else together before he came back and continued working. Um, Wait, Winston Churchill was like, involved in the production of that thing or? I think, yeah, Churchill and him just went off and made a little movie together. <laughs> cool. I didn't, I didn't know Winston Churchill did any movies. Yeah. So that was a thing. Um, Interesting. It's, Charlie Chaplin's personal favourite of all his films. Um, Orson Welles said it was the f- that this was his favourite movie of all time. Mm. Um, just in regards to that previous fact, Jacob, do yes. you know like how this stands against his career? Like, does um, is this more towards the end of it, or um, it's sort of like hold on. I was going to say, he was in some talking films, like, very yeah. early on in it. Like, the, is it The Great Dictator? Yeah, so this is, what, 1931. Um, so his first films were in, Jesus, like, 1914, sort of. Yeah, 1914 he started. It has a fair few in like 1914 and 15, then through the 20s, through the 30s. But after this, he's in a film in, he makes one called Modern Times in 1936, The Great Dictator in 1940, Mm -hmm. Monteserdo in 1947, Limelight in 1952, A King of New York 57, and then A Countess from Hong Kong in 1967. So there's not that many afterwards compared to... There's six six films after this one, but there's, you know, um, 80 odd before. So 53 years between his first and last film. Yeah. Wow. Pretty decent career. Yeah. Considering like how much like, like cinema changed in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the scene in which... The tramp buys a flower from the blind girl. So the first time that they meet, 
he reshot 342 times. Oh my god. Because he couldn't find a satisfactory way of showing that he that showing that the blind flower girl thought that the mute tramp was wealthy. But you definitely so, got that when you watched it. Oh yeah. Well, it paid off. Yeah, that 342nd take really nailed it. That was the one. <laughs> um, when the film opened, or well, the big premiere on, nine, on January 31st in 1931, Albert Einstein was a guest of honour. Huh. Um, that man would have yeah, seen... So, um, yeah, so... So he invited Einstein, and then when the house lights came up, Chaplin was surprised to see Einstein's eyes tearing at the final scene. He said he didn't know Einstein could be so sentimental. <laughs> That's right. Science, scientists have feelings too. Yes. <laughs> um, um, it was his first film made during what's called the sound era. He faced extreme pressure to make the film as a, quote, talkie. But such was his popularity and power in Hollywood that he was able to complete and release the film as a silent, albeit recorded music at a time when the rest of the American motion picture industry had converted to sound. Um, I forgot it was Bin Day. Yeah, so, I mean... Uh, just while we're on the topic, Jacob, would you watch it again? Um, Look, I don't know. I really don't know. Here we go. Um, so on the topic of that, I was trying to find it, but I did. On the topic of that weird talking at the start, at the beginning of the film, a, a town official and a woman um, dedicate the statue that can be heard um, uttering nondescript words by way of a paper reed mouth instrument. The sounds were made by Charles Chaplin, and this was the first time his voice was heard on film. <laughs> Oh, he was go. just making weird noises. Yeah, he was just making a noise through a paper reed um, instrument in his mouth. It was, which is just wild because yeah, it is a really weird noise. Like, yeah, it's odd. It is very, very odd. Mm. Interesting. Um, in terms of years, this film was Charles or Charlie Chaplin's longest undertaking. It was in production over, for over three years, from thirty first to. Um, December 1927 to the 22nd of January 1931, although he only shot for 180 days within that period. What thing? <gasps> okay, they that for everyone listening at home that would sound the weirdness in my voice and um, their recording pause, but now we're back, so it's all good. Um, yeah, so um, this is what happens when I have people over. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's Always works perfectly every other time. Yeah, except for when I start recording before we actually record. <laughs> so it was um, rather expensive for the time. Like it cost $1.5 million to make. And this is mainly because Charlie Chaplin kept his cast and crew on standby for 22 months, even though he only actually shot for 180 days. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, why were they on standby? I have no idea because he obviously when he had a moment of wanting to film, he's like, all right, we're doing it now. <laughs> um, when was this made, Jacob? From 1927 to 1931. So I'm just checking how much money that would be from 
So that would be the equivalent of 14 and a half million today. <laughs> Far out. So not, not exactly a cheap one. No. So obviously, like, production was delayed several times, and in 1929, one break lasted 62 days. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy, bit, crazy. A bit of time off between takes. Oh, this is... So, um, Virginia Sherrill, who... Where is it? Plays the blind girl had multiple run-ins with Chaplin throughout the um, filming. He uh, tried to fire her on one occasion but couldn't. um, So she came back to set late from an appointment, keeping Charles waiting. Um, Charlie Chaplin, whose relationship with Cheryl was not friendly, fired her on the spot. He intended to reshoot the film with Georgia Hale, his heroine from The Gold Rush in 1925, playing the flower girl. Even, he even reshot the final scene between the tramp and the flower girl with Hale in the role. However, Chaplin had already spent far too much time and money on the project to start over. Knowing this, Cheryl offered to come back to work at double her original salary. Chaplin reluctantly agreed and the film was completed. Um, she's then quoted it saying, oh, she was also very nearsighted. So um, Charlie Chaplin felt that her unfocused gaze suggested blindness. Um, it's kind of a, a very, very uh, thin form of yeah. blindness, I suppose. Partially blind. Very partially. Trying to find what. Um, so she's quoted it saying that um, Charlie Chaplin was never, according to Virginia um, Cheryl, Charles Chaplin was never interested in her sexually. Quoted as saying, "I was twenty. Charlie liked them younger. <laughs> so that's kind of gross. How old is Charlie at this stage? Like, Yeah, so um, that's a bit fucked up. It's just Hollywood, really, isn't it? At this yeah. point. Just at that point. Well, like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, throughout history. He's around, yeah. he's around 40 at this stage. Oh my god, I'm so sorry for all the background noise. My apartment is usually so quiet. I don't know why everyone has decided to empty their bins and do construction. I mean, on this I can't day. hear anything on the road. And do, do, do and skits. Yeah, no. yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to shut my I'll start smashing shit. <laughs> All right, so I guess that sort of concludes my little mini report on City Light. So the answer is um, I probably wouldn't watch it again just because the fact that it was kind of a... Like, it's good, and I understand why it's on the list, and, you know, but I just don't know if I can do it again. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah, it was just... I think being if I was silent, watch- it's a long hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, like, he sent us a message last night saying, oh my God, it's an hour and a half. And I thought... Yeah, like, it, yeah, it was... It was way longer, but yeah, I, I get how that would be grueling. Would, would this be the short... Yeah. Would th- some of these ones be the shortest movies on the list, do we think? Like, Probably. Maybe, yeah. Well, mine... At an hour and a half, or an hour 27, it'd be bloody close to being the shortest on the list. Mine was an hour 42 or something. Mine was an hour 15, which I think might be the shortest. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's very sure. Considering we've done ones that are over three hours, that mm. would be... 
we did one that was four hours, so... <laughs> Um, hi guys, sorry, we just had to pause because of noise, so that's the end of me, and now we're going to move on to the start of Cats. So Cat, take it away. Okay, so this week I um, watched Casablanca, and this is going to be really tedious for you guys, because I'm going to say everything that I said again. <laughs> um, so I think Casablanca is one of those movies that most people have heard of but they don't really know what it like what it's about or like when it was made or anything like you say Casablanca and people are like oh yeah that movie mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it was the um I was, was picturing the... I was picturing something completely different even though I've studied that final scene I yeah. believe no, yeah. I, what's the movie where like an Egyptian princess or some shit oh Wait, Cle- like I'm thinking Cleopatra. Yeah. But there's some movie about her and I'm like Yeah. I've, yeah. I've just lined that up in my brain and then I saw a picture of it today when we started <laughs> and I was like, oh, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Casablanca. Um it came out in uh was made in nineteen forty two and I was gonna say it's Cleopatra Cat. <laughs> no, no, please keep going. Casablanca. So yeah, 1942, it's an American wartime romantic drama film directed by Michael Curtis and starring Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman and Paul Henreid. Um, It had a budget of about a million dollars, which was... Which was 1942, which was 16 and a half million now. Is 16 and a half million now. Yeah. Um, And grossed between 3.7 and 6.9 million. So... Either tripled or I don't know what the word is for hex making hex tupled. <laughs> Maybe. Almost, yeah, yeah. Almost made seven times its um, budget, which is pretty good mm-hmm. for black and white. Um, Spoiler, better than mine. Oh. <laughs> Did you watch this one? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, spoiler, I watched this on two uh, double speed, so it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone spoke really fast. But it was surprising. At least people spoke, spoke in yours. yours. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, What's the normal runtime of it? Did pardon? you say an hour and a half for this? Hour 40. Right. So, yeah, not too long, but I knew that I wouldn't get through it all if I watched it as it was. Fair enough. Um, the days are long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Casablanca was filmed and set in World War II, and it centres around American expatriate Bogart, um, who must choose between his love for a woman, uh, Bergman, and helping her and her husband, a Czech resistance leader, escape from the Vichy-controlled city of Casablanca to continue his fight against the Germans. So, basically, it's about this guy who runs a club, and he... Um, oh, he's like, he runs it in a neutral territory um, of Casablanca. Um, and so Nazis and refugees and like um, Americans and all these people kind of come and go and pass through and ask him for help. And he's very neutral, so he'll just kind of help whoever asks him to help, regardless of their side. Like, he doesn't really care until he has to care about it, um, which was kind of the stance of America at the time before the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Um, so, yeah, it's almost a propaganda piece, <laughs> you could say, but a very, very light propaganda <laughs> piece. 
Um, so although Casablanca was an A-list film with established stars and first-rate writers, no one involved with its production expected it to be anything other than one of the hundreds of ordinary pictures produced by Hollywood that year. Um, so yeah, everyone who was kind of cast in leading roles were very well known. Uh, for instance, uh, what's his name? Humphrey Bogart. He had done like almost 40 movies before this, which is a crazy amount. Mm -hmm. So he was very well known. Ingrid Bergman, I think she was the only name that I actually recognized from this movie. I think like she's the most like remembered star, I guess, of that time. It was, yeah. But, um, so I think, yeah, if anyone was thinking Casablanca, they'd probably think her. But yeah, um, so A-list cast, but still expected to be a flop. So yeah, no one thought they were making anything particularly special. This is from um, MTV. Um, So in fact, there was a pretty solid chance that the movie was going to turn into a disaster. It was adapted from an unproduced play that Warner Bros. had bought for far more money than usual um, for the time in Hollywood. Um, production was delayed six weeks from its original start date and by the time it was finished the movie had gone over budget. The film had to be shot in sequence which was highly unusual both then as it is now. In general, yeah. Yeah. Um, for the simple reason that the screenplay wasn't actually finished when they started. What the hell, mate? And to top it all off, the leading lady, Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman, was a full two inches taller than Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so poor Humphrey had to wear heels. <laughs> I'm sure he looked damn good in them. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, like, aesthetically pleasing movie to watch, I think. The costume designs and all that are very, I guess, modern for that time because they... Um, show scenes in Paris and obviously Casablanca. It's all a very a very European movie for an American produced movie. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 None of it actually takes place in America. Um, so Casablanca was scheduled for release in the spring of 1943, but was rushed to premiere in New York on November 26, 1942, to capitalize on the successful Allied invasion of North Africa which included Casablanca a few weeks earlier. (laughs) So, yeah, just a little bit of, like, light propaganda. (laughs) Just sprinkled on. Yeah. I like that you mentioned, like, you know, like, hostile takeovers affecting movie releases. Yeah. No, this is pretty much, like, the whole release of this was structured around what was happening in the war at the time. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Um, so it was released, released nationally two months later in January 1943, this time to coincide with a big meeting between Roosevelt and Churchill in Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> and so even though it premiered in 1942, it was considered a 1943 release as far as the Oscars were concerned. Because even though there's a world war happening, the Oscars were still on. <laughs> the Oscars remain. Can you win this? No, I mean Oscars too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, exceeding expectations, Casablanca went on to win the Academy Award for Best Picture, while Cotiz was uh, selected as Best Director, and it also won Best Adapted Screenplay, and it was nominated for Lead Actor um, and Supporting Actor, Cinematography, Editing, and Music. So, like, 
it's a pretty fucking good movie mm-hmm. as far as the Oscars were concerned. They liked it a little bit. Yeah, considering that everyone thought it was kind of going to be shit. Mm. Um, so its re- uh, reputation gradually improved to the point that its lead characters, memorable lines, and pervasive theme song have all become iconic and consistently rank near the top of lists of the greatest films in history. So, this is again from MTV because I think they summed it up really well. What makes this movie so great? Why is it on our list? Because Mm. it's just essentially a wartime romantic drama. What makes it so special? So, it kind of compared it to Citizen Kane, which we've done a review of. So, go back and listen to that episode. It's great. (laughs) Um, So, where Citizen Kane is kind of a technical marvel... um, that leaves viewers kind of feeling quite cold towards the end, but it's cinematically very groundbreaking. Casablanca is the complete opposite. It's warm, um, it's beloved, it's kind of unremarkable from a technical standpoint. It has, like, I mean, it has continuity errors, so, like, it's not going to really hold up. <laughs> um, um, there's nothing really about the movie that seems to be striving for greatness or importance. It just does its thing efficiently and competently. But somehow, as if by magic, this ordinary production earned not just respect, but out... Oh, excuse me. <coughs> A little bit of blueberry in my throat. <laughs> I'm just going to start that sentence again. Jacob, please edit that out. No, no. you will not. <laughs> I will not edit that out. So there's nothing about this movie that seems to be striving for greatness or importance. It just does its thing, efficiently and competently. But somehow, as if by magic, this ordinary production earned not just respect, but outright affection from viewers. Sometimes it's the simple, unobtrusive movies that warm their way into our hearts. No. That would be a nice little ending to my report. But I have a few little trivia facts. (laughs) So... Um, obviously it's set in wartime and you've got Nazis coming in, refugees coming in, all that into this nightclub. So many of the actors who played Nazis in the movie were in fact German Jews who had escaped from Nazi Germany. Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah. (laughs) What? Do you you know anything about why that was done? I guess... Like, it was hard to find actors, like, extras. Because it is, in those scenes, it is a very packed nightclub. Hmm. And I mean, you've got do to they have German accents? accents? Yeah, you've got to have people yeah, with German so accents. I guess that's probably why. Yeah, yeah. They are Germans, so... Hmm. Yeah. Um, a bit confronting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. um... I suppose that that would be like them playing a Nazi would be like a massive insult to the Nazis. Yeah. I suppose so, yeah, it would be. So you could kind of look at it that way, like, ha look at me, I'm pretending to be you. Because <laughs> it would just piss the Nazis off more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That makes sense. Um, in 2006, the film's script was named the best screenplay of all time by the Writers Guild of America. Oh, damn. Which is crazy, Ironic considering they were writing it as it, it was... Yeah. Being, being shot. Yeah. No rushing <laughs> yeah. all there. But I think that's like, I think that's kind of what makes it so great is because they weren't really mucking around trying to make anything special with it. They mm. were just kind of writing, yeah, writing dialogue that was like seemed like it was, like it was real. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 
Um, and then my final fact. So there's this guy, Sam, who plays the piano in the movie. Plays it incredibly well, also sings. Um, that, that piano sold for more than $600,000 at a New York auction in December of 2012. Oh, damn. So, yeah, not too oh, bad. Not too bad. But, yeah, so um, that is my report on Casablanca. Well done, Kat. And Very good. would you watch it again? I think I would. Yeah? Like, Ooh. I'd like to watch it at the speed you're meant to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I think of... Because, like, obviously, most weeks we what all four of us watch the movie, but this week we've kind of watched our own and not the others. I think this is probably the only one of the other three that I am actually going to watch. It's really good. Like, it's how do you? I might convince you to watch the box. That's the challenge for you and you, you two, James and Nick. You've got to convince me to watch your film. All right, I'll do my best. Yeah, I oh think God. like if you're if you're semi interested, go and watch it. Like it's quite a modern movie for 1942, mm. and I think like the dialogue's witty and funny, and the characters are really endearing, and like it just makes sense the whole plot. It's nothing like outlandish, like mm. oh, there's lost treasure, and then someone's mother died, and then like I don't know. We'll get into that in mine too. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Lots of people's mothers dying. <laughs> yes, all. Oh man. Um, but oh, yes, yeah, no. by treasure. <laughs> by treasure. <laughs> <laughs> <It's the murderer. laughs> so ends my report. Alrighty, thank you. I guess Nicholas. Yes, Jacob. You got to convince would, uh, would, Jacob about. Would you about please that? like to convince me to watch your film? Yes. Well, the film I watched was. <laughs> you said film. I said film. Uh, I, I watched uh, 1948's *The Bicycle Thief*. Um, it's an Italian. Uh, yes. Yes, it's an Italian film uh, adapted by a 1946 book by Luigi Bartoloni. Bartoloni. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Do an Italian accent. Keep doing that. It's probably Kid, very. That, that <laughs> sounds just like Antonio <laughs> from the movie. And Cat just got cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> By all our Italian listeners. Yeah. Hey, don't Never we have, isn't there like one listen, listener from Italy or something? I don't know. I can't remember. Well, I apologize. Okay. Well, this is for you. Don't. Luigi. Tell <laughs> 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 anyway, um, so the premise of this is, um, it's okay. So it's set after World War Two and is about a man who buys a bicycle to uh, put up posters for his work. Uh, the bicycle then gets stolen. He can't afford a new bicycle and no one will give them, give him theirs because it will obviously get stolen. So he goes on an adventure with his son to retrieve the bicycle from the thieves. Uh, they do some morally questionable things to get there, such as stealing from That's a fine. church. And killing people's mothers. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, no killing the mothers, but um, basically, it all in, it all leads to nothing. I watched this uh, maybe three years ago for some film class, and I was very annoyed because I basically just sat there for an hour and a half for him to not get his bicycle back, and it pissed me off a lot, and I hated it. <laughs> That's rough. But I, I watched this again, it's, I liked it slightly more. 
Are you convinced, Jacob? Has already watched it again. I I watched it again, and I was not surprised, but I was like, I don't want to claw my eyes out. So that's as good as you're getting really convinced to watch it, aren't you, Jacob? Jacob? You're going to watch it. I'm so convinced, (laughs) not yet. Um, We're back. Talk about that budget again. Uh, The budget was eighty-one thousand at the time, which equates to about nine hundred thousand today. Uh, with a domestic gross, of, which I assume is America, not Italy, of um, presumably yes, uh, of three hundred and seventy-one thousand one hundred and eleven dollars. So about four times. That's not bad. Yes. Do you have a, a an estimate of what uh, that would be now, like, James? Like three and like a bit under four million. Oh, hey, that's pretty good. Yes, Jacob. So Nick's movie cost $81,000 to make and mine cost $1.5 million. What percentage is that? Um, like... <laughs> Come on, nerd. Like, six-ish percent, I guess. Mix was a lot uh-huh. cheaper than yours. But to be fair, like, it's just them like, walking through crowds and, like, yelling, where's my bicycle blade? And not him, like... Getting... <laughs> yeah, I think that's how he says it. And, um... It's not like, I, I, I don't know, well, you don't really speak about this in Chaplin, but is it like, is it all like, just his thing of like, does, is there a lot of his like slapstick type stuff of him like almost falling yes. off a bridge and like. Yeah, there's a lot of him just like, there is one scene where he's like walking back and forth looking in a shop window and the ground keeps opening behind him, but then like he doesn't fall in. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. it's le- it's way less expensive to, yeah, just set up a crowd and just yell about your bike. (laughs) So that's why the budget was so low. And also, like, foreign film. But um, the actors, who I didn't write down, uh, were complete unknowns. I had never... I I believe they'd never acted before because they wanted, like, a realistic portrayal. Um, Ironically enough, I'll actually get his name because this is a fact about him. Um, Lamberto Maggiorani... Uh, struggled to find work after this, just like his character. Um, and But this did really well in Italy, basically because it was a reflection of everyone's experience at the time, or everyone working class, because the war had just happened. And, yeah, it was kind of scummy. It's interesting that he didn't... Like, if it went very well, like, in Italy, that he struggled to find work afterwards, though. Yeah, weirdly, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too sure why. There, there's not a lot of, like... I mean, I, looked, I didn't look too deeply, but I didn't find heaps of trivia about this. Um, the, the top trivia about this on IMDb is that uh, the boy who plays Bruno, his son almost got hit by two cars on, like, on it, set. And it's, it's in a scene. Like, they, because they shot this all on location, they were like, okay, kid, cross the street. And apparently oh around the same time of the movie, he almost just gets run over twice. Oh, damn. And that's the, that, that is the top trivia about this. I'm like, oh, wow. That's, that's pretty gnarly, though. That's pretty gnarly. But, um, yeah, it's, I'm trying to think of what this reminds me of because it's very much about the father-son bonding but yeah I can't really pick what 
like what has what this has inspired in the future like you know, this was like blatantly okay so like the whole Italy setting stolen thing was um, actually adapted into an episode of Master of None, uh, Master of None. Uh-huh. if okay. anyone watched that I don't know if anyone has I, I have not I know of it yeah same it's a very good show unfortunately it got Cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> like mostly because every Netflix series lasts for like two seasons, and then, and then yeah. they're just like, oh, "There's no money in this," so they yeah. just get rid of it. But um, yeah, and it's there's not yeah there's obviously just not much to the story, like, mm-hmm. but I think this is so famous because of the uh, like the neo like yeah uh, like it's the whole neo realism type like thing this pioneered and how it's always like so realistic they didn't yeah, even hire actors so, yeah exactly <laughs> so realistic they didn't hire actors and that's a that's a great way of putting it <laughs> but um yeah i think the realism of this and how it just kind of well obviously you guys haven't seen it but it does a lot of like visual gags and like a lot of it's mm-hmm. like a lot of really dynamic shots like something we've seen in like citizen kane yeah but um yeah, otherwise there's not much I can put to this other than trivia. I've pretty much said all of it, except there was a stage adaptation last year, I believe, of this. Oh. Yeah, which should be... Is it like the first like remake or adaptation thing of it at yeah, all? That's all that's all Wikipedia's telling me. But um, oh. yeah, with a cast of nine people in Chicago. Do you know if it did well? <laughs> Interesting. I suppose it makes sense that there's like less information like less information on this compared to the other ones because well it's for one a, it has an American production so and it has 10 times less budget than all of our movies yeah. yeah yeah and like I suppose the reason it's included on the list was like as you said like because that, of that the realism. things that's like yeah like the like whole neorealism that's like a whole sub-genre we studied at some point I believe I'm sure but, we did. Um, yeah it might have even been in the class I watched this in but <laughs> um <laughs> I think I know the answer, but Nick, would you watch it again? I would not. But, <laughs> I, but uh, well, hang on just a minute, Jake, because like I've seen it twice now. I feel like I've said my piece about it. It's um, I, like I was relatively surprised in this. So like you know, it's, it's like there's no happy ending. So if that's gonna bum you out, Jacob, don't. Probably watch it. They just kind of give up and go home at the end. Hey, Kat, I have a quick question before I answer if I'm going to watch it or not. Yeah. How did you watch Casablanca? Um, Lucky downloaded it for me. <laughs> okay. So. From a very legitimate allegedly, website, um, <laughs> which we paid money for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, was Kat, Kat, maybe don't say that. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, that was completely illegal, but, like, Bicycle Thief's the only one that's available on a streaming service? It's on YouTube. It's also on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I did see that. That's so weird. Hmm. Yeah, so, like, I mean, of all of them, it's probably the easiest, but I also do have Casablanca, so, like... That's so dumb. I thought at least Casablanca would be. Yeah, I think so. You know what? It's probably on, like, HBO Max or some shit. Like, HBO Max has all those, like, all the, like, good old movies, and then... We don't get it. We, we get binge. Or Foxtel. I'll see if it's on Foxtel. But yeah, Nick, you may have... Given, I'm 50-50. I'll let you guys know next week if I watch it or not. Okay. Well, okay. You, I reckon you should pick between mine and James's movie. Ooh, yeah. Because... 
Okay. Like, Casablanca has got an unfair advantage because like, yeah. it's so well known. But... Because it's so good. Mm. Well, Casablanca is not on Foxtel. And also, mine has sound, so haha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think as 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 uh, uninspiring as Nick's review was, no offense. I um, I I think you've got the advantage in that Jacob has just watched a silent film, which he didn't like the silent film components of. So I have to now try and get, make him watch another. You've got to convince film. me here, James. But also, yours is fifteen minutes shorter. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Can I start my report? <laughs> no. Yes. Um, well, my film was The General from 1926. Um, and just jumping in on that 15 minutes shorter. So the version I watched, I watched on YouTube um, for, for free because it's a movie from 1926. Um, and the version I watched was an hour 15 long. I've just Googled it. And apparently the, real, the official version is an hour 47 now, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. this wasn't so when I was reading about it, the interesting thing about this movie is it didn't on release. It performed very poorly. And I'll go into that in a bit. Um, but as such, the original copyright holder um, let it pass into public domain in 1954. Um, and so it was written like about that a lot of the versions that we have now are like second or third like copy versions where with with things changed and missing because oh, yeah. like because it's been public domain it's been like edited and yeah. and changed around a lot and because it wasn't really not acclaimed at the time it's also the uh, oldest movie on this list yep, yeah yeah i got the the very oldest one so um yeah, yeah. It was inspired by a real event in the civil war in 1862 the great Loc- locomotive chase uh, where the um, uh, Union soldiers um, tra- stole a train from the South and then used it to go along and burn a bunch of bridges. But the South eventually stole it back and used it to um, win some battles. The original... Wait, I may have got that confused because the original um, story was written from the Union side, but apparently... Uh, the director, for some reason, said that the the audience wouldn't be able to sympathise with the Union one, so change it to the Confederates, which did not make any sense to me because it's the South, it's the Confederates, it's pro-slavery, but apparently didn't think they would uh, empathise with the losers of the Civil War. Um, make of that what you will. I, I did not know what to make of it. Um... This movie stars uh, Buster Keaton as Johnny Gray, um, who is also the director. So he was a um, acclaimed actor-director of the silent movie period. Um, and Marion Mack as Annabelle Lee, uh, the his love interest, who retired from acting only two years after the film, which, as I said, it wasn't a um, success at the time, so is not entirely surprising. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll give you a little uh, synopsis of the plot. So essentially it's set in the, um, when the Civil War breaks out um, and uh, Johnny um, wants, to, wants to enlist, but they, he's a railway engineer and so they, they decide that he's too valuable in his current job so he's not allowed to join the army, but they don't tell him that. Um, so he, he just thinks he's not, um, he thinks he's not tall enough or he's not strong enough or he's just not good enough. Um, 
And so he tells um, his fiance asked about it and they said they wouldn't take me. But um, her father um, saw him walking back and didn't see him getting in the line because he was at the very start of the line. So she thinks he's just a coward and not enlisting. Real rough for the guy because he wants more than anything to abandon his, his good job and be in the army. And so she tells him that she won't, she won't see him again until he's in uniform. Uh, so they, they break off for a bit and a year later he's still, um, he's working on his train, the general, which is where the name comes from. I originally thought this was going to be like a, a very uh, warry movie. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, it is in the civil war, but it's, it's a train movie. A train movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's driving his train, the general, which, uh, which Annabelle just happens to be on when the, um, the union soldiers come and, uh, steal it. Uh, they steal it while the rest of the the passengers are out at, at um, lunch, I believe. Uh, but Annabelle is still on the train, and so they take her prisoner. Um, Johnny tries to uh, tries to chase, and a lot of, and a good part of the movie is him trying to tra- chase the train down as the Union soldiers try to try to stop him. Um, they're like having like they're doing all, making all this effort, and then they eventually realize. Hey, it's not a train. Like, so he acquires another train to follow them, and they think it's full of soldiers, but they eventually realize it's just this one guy. So they just stop their train and run at him, and he ends up having to get off the train and like hide in the forest next to next to it. Um, sorry, this synopsis is going longer than longer than it should. So no, that's he okay. <laughs> he um, ends up uh, discovering their camp and uh, rescuing Annabelle. And um, manages to steal his train back. Uh, they chase him back in in the other train, uh, which um, but he manages to contact the this, um, the military leaders in the south, and there's a battle at the end. Um, in the end, he he um, fights a bit in the battle and captures a Union soldier, which then at the end, um, sorry, a Union officer, which he then is um, given the rank of of lieutenant for. So he ends up. Living his dream of being a soldier for the South in the Civil War, Aww. and and he gets his girl back. Aww. So very, uh, very happy happy ending to it, I suppose. Um, so this movie was made on a budget of seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is just under eleven million dollars now. Um, it made four hundred and seventy four thousand dollars. So it uh, oh. went well under budget in terms of its takings. Oh. That's a very negative loss. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if any other movie on the list has like a loss of that level. I don't think it would. No, you would no. not think so. Um, it, got, it got quite um, poor reviews. So it was done as a comedy. There's a lot of like uh, physical comedy from um, Buster Keaton throughout it. Um, and But people thought... Um, it wasn't that funny and the drama side didn't hold up on that in that regard either. People said it dragged terribly and that, uh, essentially people thought that the, with the, like the setting of the war that, um, essentially war stuff wasn't funny. So people dying wasn't funny. They're very uptight about it apparently. Mm-hmm. Can I, add, can I add something into like you saying it's not funny? Yeah. That Orson Welles deemed it the greatest comedy ever made. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, pe- a- as I said, at the time it was not received well. 
1963, three years before Buster Keaton's death, he said it was still what he was most proud of, despite the the lack of success. Um, later in that, and as you've said, Jacob, um, the movie is actually very well remembered as far as, um, especially as far as silent movie goes, um, for its comedy, but also it's quoted as being um, for the for the beauty of the shots and the authenticity of them. For um, apparently, a lot of it was based on photography from the Civil War, and people said it like it uh, made it uh, was very authentic in the look. Um, and yeah, as you said, it, um, it's received very well now. Um, the, it is in, uh, you said it as well, Jacob, I didn't write this down, like the collection of the, the American library thing. Um, the U S um, the national library of Congress. Yeah. That's the one It's preserved in yeah. that yeah. for, uh, it's importance. There's some very interesting things that have been preserved in the National Library of Congress over the years. Yeah, it's a, an interesting little collection. Um, but yeah, it's one of the uh, it's one of the most expensive um, silent film movies, apparently. And the the shot of the ch- so the when the second train is chasing him back, the shot of it um, coming over the burning bridge and falling into the river is apparently the most, single most expensive shot in silent film history. It cost $42,000. Oh, I did know that. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Mm. I don't know how, but yeah. <laughs> and um, it, they, the rec- train wreckage was left, in that, um, was left in that river afterwards and was a tourist site for, t- for the next 20 years until it was um, uh, used for scrap in World War Two. <laughs> yeah, wow. Like pollution and littering and... Mm-hmm. General destruction of the environment. You got to understand Yay. that in what 1926, the environment was not a thing. True, true. <laughs> um, so, uh, Buster Keaton attempted to get the real general train, um, but the owners reject um, rejected this when they found out that the movie was a comedy. They wanted more respect paid to their to their train. As I said, there's a lot of uh, uptight people in this. In this filming, it seems, um, as well as the expensive production, the wood burning engine of the of the train started a number of fires that the crew was responsible for putting out and paying the uh, some of the farmers that they <laughs> burnt their stacks of hay from. Oops. Um, the opposing so the Union and the Confederate armies in the final battle. Uh, were both played by the same uh, 500 National Guard troops from Oregon. Um, essentially, what they did, what he did was he had the like them all dressed in the the Union blues, running to the right, and then immediately after they all got changed into the Confederate Greys and then <laughs> ran along the left. <laughs> um, and the other thing was um, the. Total amount of, of film recorded uh, was 60 kilometers long. Oh, wow. so they shot a lot of film. I don't know how many minutes that ends up being, but I can imagine quite a bit for for the shortest film on this list. <laughs> if, oh, well, possibly not, because as I said, I've clearly got a different version. But it all... um. Reading the synopsis afterwards on, on Wikipedia, like all the scenes that they talked about were in there for me, so I don't know where that extra half an hour is. 
probably just I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Dying. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, that was that was my report on it. You know what's interesting? Like when you were talking about the synopsis, I was like, oh, this actually sounds really good. Like I hate like <laughs> yeah. James gonna pick his. But then I was like, oh wait, this is silent. So like, I don't know, like that's a well, I mean, you get, I mean, you get the, you get the score, and you get like the couple yeah. of sound effects and and whatnot. I, unlike yours, Jacob, I don't have a random blah 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 blah, blah in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just picturing this whole that whole sequence of events in sound with with sound. It would have really added, like you know, it's because the whole thing's train like the second you see it, like if you picture a train, I feel like you can think of the noise of it going like with the. Yeah. Is there, is there any, any music, music at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, yeah. Most of it, it's very both. There's the comedic theme and the and the like dramatic theme mainly. Yeah. And they're both so still playing in my head because there was probably at least half an hour of each between. Uh, oh no! Look, he's getting close. And then oh look, he's trying to start this train up and it just won't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, would you watch it again? About a man and his train. <laughs> oh um. Well, speaking of the score, um, apparently the it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been remade or anything, but the the original score was um, redone a few years ago and um, made into something. Something. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't have the note of that. I just remembered that from from the score. Um, score. It, to be fair, even though it is a lot of those two tracks, they are like they are very nice, um, especially the the dramatic one um as far as watching it again i i would one because it's it's quite like it's quite short it's quite get um it's quite interesting like the the pacing is very good you don't it doesn't get to Apparently the audience at the time thought it thought it was it dragged a lot, but I thought it was quite like they haven't sat through four hours of Lord of the Rings. How dare you <laughs> I mean they had a, a version that was half an hour longer than yours. Yeah, so ex- oh, yeah. I, I suppose that's true. Another extra half hour of train chasing shenanigans could have gotten. I think, like, if I was going to watch a silent movie, though, I'd like to see it in a cinema with people around me. Yeah. Because I feel like you, I don't know, you appreciate comedy a lot more when you're around people who appreciate the same comedy that you do. Definitely. I, yeah. Anyway, that's my two cents. No, I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, Just a bit more enjoyable. Yeah, I, 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 I would, I would watch it again. Um, and Jacob, I think you should, you should pick mine because um, it has a cool, cool train <laughs> well, going off a bridge. I guess it's time for me to answer, isn't it? Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm going to watch Cats because it's Casablanca. I mean, yeah, because yeah. Casablanca. Oh, I thought you said cats yeah. a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, James! <laughs> That's so many! That's so um, I get it, but what? like... <laughs> no need to call me out on it. <laughs> um, well, I think... Fuck, I don't even know. Um... Well, well, 
Okay, so they, they're recording kind of in and out again, but I'm just going to keep going because you guys would have kept hearing me talk, but I will. Um, so, like, I think um, James wins. Yeah. Train. But in saying that, I'm also going to watch Nick's. Nice. Oh, just watch Nick, James that. convinced so me more, but I am going to watch all three of your movies. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I think I'll definitely watch Castle Everyone's a winner. Everyone wins, but James definitely had a more convincing argument. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> I definitely do want to watch Castle Blanket too. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I guess that's our little mini reports, isn't it? Yeah. It's all our little happy fiftieth. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> okay. So. Because we still have some time, um, let's do our what we've been watching, what we're excited for, somewhat quickly. Because I think we're at like we're at like the eleventh hour, aren't we? We've got to go soon. Yeah, and also I think we've we've clicked clicked over an hour in recording. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't know because we're now on our fifth audio recording. <laughs> I'm I'm just going off the time on our call. Bit of technical difficulties this morning, Greg. The illusion. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, our 50th episode's going great. We've had lots of technical difficulties, and I'm going to have so much fun editing the shit out of this. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Just put a bunch of, like, applauses and boing. Yeah. And, like, whatever you can to, like, one of these, one, hold on, one of these bad boys. <laughs> and, and Charlie Chaplin doing the... Uh, or, uh, I don't know what this button does. Hold on. Okay, Jacob, what did you watch this week? Well, I actually watched a considerable amount this week. Um, I went on a little... Journey through Netflix, and I watched um, Just Mercy with um, Michael B. Jordan. Say something. Yeah, yes. Uh, I listened to last week's episode to see if you guys said anything about me, and uh, you were talking about this last week, and you did uh, I? Yes. Okay. Well, that was the week before, so that's fine. Thank you, Nicholas. <laughs> Good save, Nick. Um, I was going to say that was last week. Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> and I watched. Um, Another movie, but it had um, Chadwick Boseman in it, but I can't remember what it was 21 called. 21 Bridges? No, it was like, he's like a, a lawyer. Um, fuck. Um, it's got Josh Gad in it, and they're lawyers, and... Marshall. Um, sh- Marshall um, is the name of the movie. Sorry? Marshall. Yeah, that's the one. Hey. <laughs> It's uh, really good. Recommend everyone should watch it. Um, yeah. There, there you go. go. Oh, there you cool. go. Kat, what have you been watching? Well, <laughs> after we recorded last week, I went to the movies and watched Tenet. Oh, yes. Which yes. was so good. Hell yeah. Oh, it's the best. Gosh. Like, probably my favourite Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, You're damn. the only person I've heard say positive things about it. Oh, really? I said positive things about it. Thank you very much, Nicholas. I just love, I don't know, I love sci-fi, time travel and all that kind of thing. And, I mean, fuck. Like, fuck, what's his name? It's good. The hot young one. Yeah, Robert Pattinson. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Patrick, no, that's not right. (laughs) Yeah, can't even remember his name. Were you a... um, were you a big fan of any other Christopher Nolan movies? Because that's big praise for me, but I love The Dark Knight. I I love The Dark Knight series, and I love Inception. But I, I feel like... Be, I think, like, in a few years when I've seen it a few times, I'll be like, nah, Inception's still my favourite. But, but for now, it's really... But for now, Tenet, I'm really loving. Oh, that's and I think cool. I'll have to watch it. It is so good. Times. But yeah, so good. Like, it's just... 
I mean, obviously, you've got some points where you're like, oh, that's obviously been shot. Like, I mean, I can't say anything because we've got our now bloody what is it? Um, Time well, of disclosure. It's also it's also one of the mo- those movies that like if you say the wrong thing, you could spoil it very yeah. easily. But it's only out at the movies still, so I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah, say- I I think that's fair. I think ten. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, no. And I feel like it's still movies that people want to go see. Yeah. I think TV and streaming stuff should be different. Like, I should just be able to talk openly about The Boys right now. No! no. still hasn't watched it, so what? I'll hold it in. Okay. Also, okay, I'm watching The Boys with my housemates now, because mm-hmm. I, I needed someone yeah. to talk to about it. Sorry. And uh, if I finish it again before you... No. Finish it before, <laughs> I think at this point, I'm just going to watch all of season two and not tell Lucky I've seen it, because... He needs to watch it. But anyway, um, just a little fun thing that happened while we were at the cinema. Um, we were the only ones there. Yeah, we are. had like a whole cinema to ourselves and it's cool. never happened to really? me before. And I was just sitting there and I was like, this when is amazing. I saw that it. happened to me when I went and saw The Invisible Man. Oh. And like me and my friend were just talking. Like, yeah, openly. it was, it was like, so, good. so good. So good. Did you sit right in the middle? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. It was excellent. Um, and other than that, I've just been watching Sunny, pretty much, and a few episodes of the first season of The Boys. Mm. Just, yeah, sorry. Hey. Sunny, I'm up to, like, season 10, I think, now. Oh, you're killing it. Yeah. Good. I'm watching, like, a Watch the boys instead. Nice. What was that, Jacob? Watch, watch the, the boys, boys instead. instead. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll let this slide. Next week. No, we're almost finished oh, the first season, so I'll have some commentary on the first few episodes, at least. Okay, I'm done. All right. Um, well, I have not watched a lot this week other than the general. I watched... Um, I'm glad you insisted on going first, though. Well, well that's, I wanted to get mine out of the way because it wasn't that much, <laughs> and I thought you might have something better, Nick, to, to end on. Um, I watched I Am Mother um, on Netflix. Oh. Is that with Jennifer Lawrence? No. Oh no, that's uh, just, just mother. mother. Mother with the exclamation mark. Mother. Oh, okay, mother. I thought you meant the Jennifer Lawrence one. Mother Earth or yeah, something mother, stupid. Yeah, and the, they t- rip apart a baby. That's a metaphor for Jesus. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Don't, Don't watch, watch it. it. That sounds fun. Mine was anyway. And then I am mother. Yes, which is a regular term. Oh wait, that's got um, Hilary Swank. Yes. Yeah, I've seen that. That's yeah. actually pretty good. I didn't mind it. Um, I thought, like, I, I really like, like, post-apocalyptic or dystopian kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, like, the, I like the idea overall, like, the, you know, robots raising a new, better kind of humanity yeah. sort of thing. It's like Chappie. Yeah, yeah, it does. I love Chappie. But um, I just found in the first... I think it's about two hours or so. Yeah. The first hour dragged a bit for me. Like, like the first 20 minutes or so was like a good self. Like, okay, this is a post-apocalyptic bunker. We don't, like, we're purposely not knowing a lot about the world because it's kind of going to reveal it. But then there was just half an hour or so where it really, yeah, really not dragged happens. for me. And, yeah, not a lot happened. I thought, like, I'm... We're, We've met another character, but otherwise we're not any further ahead than we were half mm-hmm. an hour ago. Like, it looked very good. The performances were good, but I think, yeah, I think they put a bit too much filler in there. I think it could have been shorter and been a lot better still. Did you like the twist at the end? Yeah, yeah. I did. I was not that surprised. No. Um, you kind of realise, like, 
I realised almost immediately. I, I was like, yeah, okay, she is going to be associated with the Rival yeah. Robots. I didn't realise it was all going to be the one yeah. thing, but it was not all that shocking. Yeah. Yeah, Um, it was all right. I, I, I'd maybe watch it again eventually. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been watching, Nick? Um, well, I've got two weeks worth of shit, but also... <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. You went yeah. on last Could week. Could have missed, missed you greatly. I know. Yeah, so much. <laughs> Never notice. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's on this podcast? What? <laughs> Who? Who? Guys, he's crying. Anyway, speaking of not noticing things, the world is burning because David Attenborough told me. Did anyone watch his doco? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I watched it. Holy shit. I, okay. So basically, this documentary he put on Netflix is basically archival footage of his whole life and. How, like, how it much just of, like it just covers how much wilderness is gone, like that yeah. is halved. Yeah, it's, it's his witness, witness statement. statement. Yeah, it's, it's his witness it's statement. Yeah, very, very scary. It's very yeah. like yeah. It's I don't know. It was very depressing. We're all dead. Oh, it was incredibly depressing. But I liked at the end how he addressed issues that we can like he addressed things that we can take action on and then provided real world examples of how communities and peoples are actually combating this already yeah yes yeah that's what i thought was really effective because he didn't just end it with and now we're all fucked (laughs) which we pretty much are (laughs) the way of preventing like of prevention i found really interesting was um he put like an emphasis on like educating girls yeah and that, that will lead to like more like hit like it was two weeks ago but like yeah like stuff like that like you wouldn't even think no because i get like here it's all very like not i don't want to say everything's equal because it's not but there is the preface that everyone goes to school yeah yeah but that's not a thing everywhere else no Mm. really yeah you don't really think of but no yeah but yeah I don't know. I I probably shouldn't say this on a public forum, but I'm thinking oh no. of like <laughs> I'm thinking of trying to become vegetarian. Yeah, good <gasps> job. Yes, Do get it. on the bandwagon. We can all outnumber Jacob. Hundred hundred percent. Fuck. Yeah, but then Jacob will do the classic. Oh, I'm gonna eat three steaks for dinner because you. Don't <laughs> I'm gonna eat yours for you, so you're not making a difference. <laughs> I've got that line a few times throughout. Talking to people about vegetarianism, every time I'm just like, cool man. Yeah, yeah no. Like, you if you want to be vegetarian, go for your life. Like, everyone's so. getting everyone, like, like, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Eve. Yeah. But, um, oh, yeah, I, um, so. I, I would really support you doing oh, that. Thanks. Well, I basically have no food in my home right now, so. Mm-hmm. Let's go veggie shopping after this, yay. Yeah. I haven't been paid yet, so let's not. It's <laughs> not, it's not. <laughs> There's no, so many no, alternatives no, it, it, it isn't. Like, I've had to, like, adjust my diet, like, the last couple months anyway, so I'm like, mm. just got like, an extra couple steps, I think. Yeah. Do, and do even, you eat eggs? Yeah, yeah. I'm over... I hate cooking eggs, but I like eating them, so I yeah. think that'll be my gateway. <laughs> I think, too, as long like, as... even if you just start with a few days a week, not mm. eating meat and like slowly work yeah, up cold, to it. Yeah, cold turkey would be hard. Yeah, yeah. But, yes. Or even just keep in seafood and fish. Um, seafood and fish? Yes. As in like fish 
don't live in the sea. No, but sea seafood is like getting all the things in the sea that aren't fish. Yeah, like crustaceans. Right. And... Yeah, krill. Because all the krill we eat. Guys, in case you didn't know, Nick is actually a whale. whale. <laughs> <laughs> it's the world's most intelligent blue whale. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're considering that, Nick. Anything more about the documentary? Oh, not really. I really want to go to Chernobyl because it yeah. starts and ends there. Yeah. Have little... you watched um, the TV series? I haven't. Oh, Incredible. my God. I, I, I have binged, so I should. Um, you should. It's 25 so episodes good. long. Yeah. Uh, well, I heard it was trash. Like, no. What? Yeah, no. That's what, that's what my housemates It's phenomenal. Said, so. Housemates are wrong. Yeah, it's well, phenomenal. It's amazing yeah. and depressing. And yeah. But um, I went to watch Just Mercy because I like listened to the start and end of the podcast last week. See so if you talked about me. Oh, and, uh, we did. <laughs> <in the> middle. <laughs> we talked shit in the middle. But um, yeah, there was a lot of pressure on me to watch Just Mercy. Um, I watched Scrubs instead. <laughs> but uh, that's a funny show. Yeah. Scrubs yeah. is good. It's, it's a lot weirder than I thought it was. I thought I thought it would be like normal-ish. Yeah. But no, it's very slapsticky and like. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I'm going to watch Just Mercy this week. So if I watch it, you should watch okay. it. I'll, and then we can talk about it. I'll try and watch it. Yeah. I'll try and get around to it. Yeah. I just, yeah, I wasn't in the mood this week. I was like, I'm just going to watch something. Yeah, this is my only day off. So I'm just going to smash out a bunch of shit today. Nice. Maybe boring. I want to watch the first four out before. Oh, have you never seen out. the first one? I have, but I was like 10. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm excited for the second one. Yeah. So I'm, keen. I'm, I feel like it's going to be like, it's just going to be like all like, I don't know, him like pranking politicians though, which oh, I like, I think, I'm so over American politics now. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be like, um, this is more like This Is America. Yeah. Mm. The song. This is America. No, his TV series. <laughs> I thought of the song too, don't worry. <laughs> oh, you mean Who Is America? Isn't it called This Is America? No, it's Who Is America. Oh, okay. Well, that one. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. A bit, but cool. Cool. Um, should, um, should I should I wrap us up? Yes. Wrap up our fiftieth episode, please, oh Jacob. Our big five zero because we're never going to make a hundred because we've got less than fifty movies to go. Um, <laughs> we've done like sixty something now. Um, so if you want to send us an email, you can send it to watchitagainpod at gmail.com and answer any of our questions or let us know how you enjoyed our technical difficulty big five O episode that's just an absolute mess, so that'd be great. Um, otherwise, you can reach us on Facebook and Instagram at Watch It Again Podcast or leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, whatever you listen to us on. Um, but otherwise, thank you so much for listening and being with us here for 50 episodes now. Thank we you, are everyone. Yeah, thank you. Enjoying it more and more every week, and we just love giving you guys quality content of us slowly losing our minds as we watch movies. Pretty much. Um, yeah, so as always, I am your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Kat. I'm Nick. And I'm James. And we will catch you guys next week with episode 51. Woo! See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.